Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul fast this morning, Jesus. Lord, I want to say good morning. Thank you for blessing us with a brand new day. Scripture says this is the day that you have made. And that, Lord, you will cause us to rejoice and be glad in today. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his courts with praises, the word says. So, Father, we come first of all with thanksgiving this morning. We say thank you for the breath in our nostrils. We say thank you that we are alive again this morning. We thank you because we can speak we can hear you. We can reason with our minds. Lord, we say thank you. We thank you for the roof over our heads. We thank you for the food on our tables, for the clothes on our backs, for the families that you have given us. Lord, we say thank you for every gift you have blessed us with, for a job. Lord, we say thank you. We give you all the praise and glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for the gifts that we could not work for that you gave us. We thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. We thank you for the name of Jesus. We thank you because we can call on that name again this morning. We say thank you. Thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. Thank you for the privilege that to come into your presence. Thank you for your grace and mercy poured out afresh upon us again this morning. Lord, we cannot thank you enough. Be glorified forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you this morning because you are the God of all flesh. Thank you for answering our prayers. We give you all the praise. As we read our Bibles again this morning, Lord, we ask you will speak to us once again. We ask that your words will fill our hearts and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome. A big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. We continue reading, commenting, and studying the New Testament. We are in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 7 to be precise. A big thank you to everyone joining in this morning. God bless you, especially anyone joining us for the first time. God bless you. I pray this morning that as you have come to seek to know God through his word, I pray that that thirst will be satisfied in the mighty name of Jesus. Yesterday, we stopped on Luke chapter 7, verse 35. Jesus said, But wisdom is shown to be right by the lives of those who follow it. Wisdom is justified by all our children. It is shown to be right by the lives that it has transformed. And I say this morning, even though it seems Jesus is reprogramming our minds, is telling us that you have had it said before, 
or this is how it has always been done in society but I am saying this is how to do it wisdom is shown to be right by the lives of those it transforms hallelujah all right let's continue Luke chapter 7 we'll try and read up to Luke chapter 8 this morning See, uh, first Jesus anoint, was anointed by a sinful woman. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. If I am correct, this is actually, this man's name is Simon, even though Luke does not tell us. See, when a certain immoral woman from that city had he was eating there, uh, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, in other words, he thought it, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She is a sinner. Wow. I'm telling you, so this is what we do. This is what we tend to do. We, 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 we bring down people. Okay. We, we label them. But thank God that God does not label us. Hallelujah. She had completely labeled this woman. But in the sight of God, this woman was, was being forgiven. I'm telling you. So verse 46, then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, you see that? I said yes. Even though Luke does not mention his name from the, from the beginning, Okay, we know at least in, I think this story is also in the book of Matthew. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. And I'm sure the guy is wondering, ah, well, Jesus has a revelation for me. Go ahead, teacher. Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other but neither of them could repay him so he kindly forgave them both cancelling their debts who do you suppose love him more after that he cancelled both of their deaths who do you think loved him more after simon answered of course it makes common sense if I forgive one five, 500 and I forgive the other 50, you will expect the one that owed me 500. Ah, hey, I would have thought this man would have forgiven me 52 so that I would be owing 450. Now he has forgiven me the entire 500. Of course, he's going to love me more. So Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he cancelled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon. He turned to the woman and said to Simon. He is looking at the woman, but Simon knows that he is still talking to him. Look at this woman kneeling here. 
When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet. Now, I want you to pay attention because remember that the story began by labeling and telling us that this Pharisee, 36, is one of the Pharisees, asked Jesus. You know what the Pharisees have been doing all this while, right? <laughs> they have been following Jesus about everywhere, finding a way you know, trying to find a way to bring him down. Now, one of them had invited him to their house. You would have thought that it was because this man was looking to be to to be forgiven or had turned on new leaf. But no, they were still okay. They were still looking for an opportunity to bring to bring down Jesus, and so Jesus walked into enemy territory. Because when Jesus entered this house, the court scene naturally will be to give him water to wash his feet. It's in the this is this setting is in the Middle East. It's very dusty. It's courtesy you show to every visitor to give them water to wash their feet, unless you have something against them. So Jesus said, "Look at this woman kneeling, kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer." me water to wash the dust from my feet but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair you didn't greet me with a kiss can you imagine that not even the courtesy to greet jesus properly at the door usually you will go wait for your guests at the door and as they come in you give them a kiss but no not with these guys. Jesus said, you didn't greet me with a kiss. But from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil. You see that? You neglected the courtesy of olive oil. When people finish, you give them water to wash their feet. And then they dry them. Because the weather in the Middle East is very dry. You give people oil olive oil to oil their hands and feet jesus said you didn't you neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume i tell you are sins and they are many i'm sure you even though you know that luke does not mention the name of this woman you know this woman right Aha. this is mary magdalene I tell you, our sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So, she has shown me much love. You see that? She has shown Jesus much love. Someone needs to learn to show God love this morning. Our sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So, she has shown me, me, shown me much love. But the person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Sadly, that's human nature. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, Who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? Okay, so even though in, in John's case, the particular case that John mentions to us, when John says Jesus met that man, and tells the man that your sins are forgiven and then they 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 took him up okay even though that is not mentioned in all four gospel 
you know that this is something, by this statement, this is something that Jesus did fairly regularly. Who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? It's something that Jesus has done once or twice or thrice or maybe a couple of times. And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You see that? What this woman did here is faith. Her faith was calling on God. She was yearning, longing, reaching out for God in her heart. In the physical, you were calling her a sinner. Hmm? <laughs> when you looked at her, she was still a sinner to you. But to God, her heart was calling out in faith. Her heart was calling out in faith and it was beginning to show in the things that she was doing. She was crying. She was right at the feet of Jesus. She didn't care that she was being embarrassed. She was, she was not ashamed to be at his feet. Her feet was showing. She was cleaning his feet, washing them with her tears and then drying them with her hair and then pouring perfume on, on, to oil him. You know, she was expressing her faith. You might not have called it faith. Or you would have thought that faith is to cry out and say, Lord, have mercy on me. You would have called that faith. But when she was done, when she was done, God who sees the heart, who sees the heart, says that what this woman was doing was faith. He said, your faith I saved you. Go in peace. And I'm telling you, she went in peace. She is so blessed because this woman, this same woman they are calling sinner, was the first person to see Jesus when he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Yes. She was the first person, Mary Magdalene, who saw Jesus when he rose from the dead. Let's continue Luke chapter 8. Women who follow Jesus. Soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his twelve disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, the woman we just read about. Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. Johanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager. Susanna and many others who were contributing from, from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. I love this, this information. You know why? Because this is unusual for a Jew. Yes, this is unusual for a Jew. For public ministry like this, only men did it. Only men. So right here, Jesus was beginning to break the 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 what will you call it now the gender barrier jesus was breaking the gender barrier when it comes to ministry and when the time comes when jesus you know through the holy spirit pours out his spirit on all flesh that barrier is finally torn down because his spirit is poured out on sons and daughters according to to the prophecy of the prophet Joel. Okay? So, what was available in the Old Testament 
changed in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, only the men served from the tribe of Levi. Only the men, only the men served. Yes, the women could eat of the offerings from their fathers and then, of course, from their husbands. But their right to those things came from from their parents, came from their father or their husbands. They had no right to serve physically in ministry. But here, look at this woman. These women, they were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. And so, now I would expect they were not just contributing just financially. They were there to go buy things. And then once in a while, one or two of them, like that woman in John chapter 4, will talk to somebody about the kingdom. The barrier separating women, stopping women from preaching the gospel was already coming down. Hallelujah. Let's read the parable of the farmer scattering sin. One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that, ha- that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed and as he scattered it across the field, some f- seed fell on, on a footpath where it, w- it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon withered and died from for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. He didn't explain it. At least in the general setting, in the general public, anyone who has ears to hear should listen and understand. A disciple asked him what this parable meant. He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets. You are permitted to understand the mysteries in the Greek of the kingdom of God. But I use parables to teach teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 9. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those. In other words, paths, each of the paths represented people. The seed that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. You see that? They fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures, the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and so they never grow into maturity. See, and the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Okay, so my question this morning is what 
type of seed are you? That's the question. What type of seed are you? Are you the seed that is by the wayside? Okay? Are you the seed by the, that is by the footpath? Are you the seed that is on on planted among among the rocks that fell among the rocks? Or are you the seed that that is that fell among thorns? Or are you the seed that fell on good soil? Remember, the seed represents people. How each person, how people receive the word of God. But if you are going to be the good soil, Jesus tells us what needs, what is important, what is crucial. Is it and the seed that fell on the good soil represent honest? It takes honesty to be productive with the word of God. Honesty. It says good-hearted people. It takes a good heart to be productive with the word of God. Eh? Your heart cannot be rejecting the word immediately is coming. Your heart cannot be rejecting the word of God because of your culture, because of your experience in the past. Okay, you are rejecting the word of God. No, good-hearted people who hear. You see, another condition, they hear the word of God. They take time to hear it. Next, they cling to it. They not only hear it, they take time to cling to it. They meditate on it. And then as they draw virtue, virtue from the word, they cling to it. No, and that's not the end. He said, and patiently produce. Patiently produce a huge harvest. They patiently wait on the word of God. They continue to use the word, fight with the sword of the word of God, never allowing themselves to be discouraged. Those are those, the people Jesus says, uh, they are the good soil. So if you are the good soil, these are the qualities that you need in your life. Let's read the parable of the lamp. No one lights a lamp and then covers it with a bowl or hides it under a bed. A lamp is placed on a stand where its life can be its light can be seen by all who enter the house. For all that is secret will be will eventually be brought into the open, and everything that is concealed will be brought to the light and made known to all. So pay attention to how you hear. Pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. Not those who hear my teaching, those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are listening, even what they think they understand will, will be taken away from them. But for those who are not listening, sorry, even what they think they understand, because they are not listening, they might be hearing, they are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. I pray this morning, oh, that you will be that good soil in the name of Jesus. The parable of the lamb gives us another quality, right? Of those that are the good soil. Because Jesus continues it. He says, look, they are those. Eh? They don't hide the word of God. Because the word is also the lamp. The lamp in our hearts. David said, your word is a light unto my feet and a light and a lamp, a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path, the word of God. Okay, so 
still there's that same word you don't hide the word you put it on show okay in your life so that it illuminates every area hallelujah let's look at the true family of jesus and then jesus comes the storm then jesus's mother and brothers came to see him but they couldn't get to him because of the crowd someone told jesus your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to see you jesus replied my mother and my brothers are all those who hear god's word and obey it i thank god though i am a brother of jesus hallelujah i'm sure you are a brother or sister or, or mother of jesus whatever okay so jesus comes the storm one day jesus said to his disciples let's cross to the other side of the lake so they got into a boat and started out as they sailed across jesus settled down for a nap but soon a fierce storm came on the lake the boat was filling with water and they were in real danger the disciples went and woke him up shouting master master we are going to drown when jesus woke up he rebuked the wind and the raging waves suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm then he asked them where is your faith you're not using your faith here like this womb the woman that came with the alabaster box used her faith where is your faith like the woman that came on came from behind and touched the m of jesus where is your faith the disciples were terrified and amazed who is this man they asked each other when he gives a command even the wind and the waves obey him yes even the wind and the waves obey him hallelujah all right all right jesus heals a demon possessed man our next story so they arrive in the region of gerasin or gadarin depending on the particular manuscript that you're using so they arrive in the region of Gerasenes across the lake from Galilee as Jesus was climbing out of the boat a man who was possessed by demon demons came out to meet him for a long time he had been homeless and naked living in the tombs outside the town as soon as he saw Jesus he shrieked and fell down in front of him then he screamed why are you interfering with me jesus son of the most high god you see that demons knew who jesus was yes why are you interfering with me jesus son of the most high god please i beg you don't torture me don't torture me for jesus had already commanded the evil spirits or the unclean spirits to come out of him this spirit had often taken control of the man you see qualities of what evil spirit do they can take control of people he had often taken control of the man even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles he simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness completely under the demon's control jesus demanded what is your name legion he replied for he was filled with many demons the demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. Okay? So it meant that Jesus had the power to do this. They kept begging him not to send them into the bottomless pit. Uh, there happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby, and the demons begged him to let them enter the pigs. So Jesus gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs. 
and the entire earth plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned. When the earth's men saw it, they fled to the, to the, to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been freed from the demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. I don't know why these people were afraid, though. I don't know why they were afraid when we get to heaven. We will get some clarity on this. But they were afraid. They were not excited to see that this man was not in his right mind. They were afraid. Why do you think? Why were they afraid? Were they afraid that the demons that left the man could come, just jump on some of them? What were they afraid of? But sincerely, the Bible says they were afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed. And all the people in the region of, of the Gerasim begged Jesus to go away and leave them alone. For a great wave of fear swept over them. We will need to get to heaven and find out why these people were afraid. Because I don't know why. I can't, I can't put my finger on it. If it is the, if it's just for the fact that Jesus commanded the demons to leave the man and enter the pigs because he said those who saw it were the ones who, who had spread so much fear. But whatever happened to them, they made up their mind to ask Jesus to leave. I pray for you this morning. Nothing will happen in your life that will cause you to tell Jesus to leave. Ah, in the mighty name of Jesus. Since for a great wave of fear swept over them. So Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. The man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him home, saying, No, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the towns, proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. Hallelujah. I think let us stop here. It's the final story. Jesus heals in response to faith, but I don't think we can complete it. All right, let's take our lessons from today. Uh, surely it has to be the last one. Eh? <laughs> Please don't push Jesus out of your life. Oh. <laughs> don't tell Jesus to leave because you are afraid. Jesus should be the one. Your relationship with Jesus should be casting out fear. Okay? Casting out fear. See, demons were terrified of Jesus. And I'm telling you, with Jesus in your life, Jesus on your side, demons will be terrified of you. I pray for you this morning that nothing in your life will be strong enough to push Jesus away in the mighty name of Jesus. Again and again, Jesus asked people, where is your faith? He told the woman, your faith has, has saved you. I pray for us this morning. Lord, help us to build our faith. I pray this morning that our faith will be strong in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you and we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.